Call me harlot. Call me impulsive. Call me hungover. No one ever has before, but someone absolutely should this morning. Last night was a disaster. As quietly as I can, I slip out of the bottom bunk and tiptoe across the freezing floor to the stairs. My heart is beating so hard I wonder if it's audible outside of my body. The last thing I want is to wake Theo and have to look him in the eye before my brain is warmed up and my thoughts are cohesive. The second step from the bottom always creaks like something out of a haunted house. It's been victimized by nearly three decades of us kids run stomping our way up for meals and down for games and bed in the basement. I stretch to carefully put my foot on the one just above it, exhaling when I land with no sound. Not everyone is so lucky. That loose board has busted Theo sneaking in late, or early, depending on how you look at it, more times than I can count. Once I'm in the kitchen, I worry less about stealth and go for speed. It's still dark. The house is quiet, but Uncle Ricky will be up soon. This cabin is full of early risers. My window of opportunity to figure out how to fix this is narrowing quickly. With a barrage of memories from last night rolling like a mortifying flipbook through my head, I jog up the wide stairway to the second floor, ignore the mistletoe hanging above the landing, round the banister in my candy cane socks, sneak quietly down the hallway, and open the door to the narrower set of stairs leading to the attic. At the top, I nudge open Benny's door. Benny! I whisper into the chilly blackness. Benny, wake up. It's an emergency. A gravelly groan comes from across the room, and I warn him, I'm turning on the light. No. Yes. I reach over, flicking the switch and illuminating the room. While we offspring have long been relegated to bunk beds in the basement, this attic is Benny's bedroom every December, and I think it's the best one in the house. It has pitched ceilings and a long stained glass window at the far end that projects sunlight across the walls in brilliant stripes of blue, red, green, and orange. The narrow twin bed up here shares the space with the organized clutter of family heirlooms, boxes of decorations for various holidays, and a wardrobe full of Grandma and Grandpa Hollis's old winter clothes. From back when buying a cabin in Park City wasn't a laughable financial prospect, for a high school principal from Salt Lake. Since none of the other families had girls when I was a kid, I would play dress up all alone up here, or sometimes with Benny as my audience. But now I don't need an audience. I need a kind ear and a cold, hard shot of advice because I am on the verge of hysteria. Benny, wake up. He pushes up onto an elbow and with his other hand wipes the sleep from his eyes. His Aussie accent comes out hoarse. What time is it? I look at the phone I have gripped in my clammy palm. 5.30. He stares at me with squinty, incredulous eyes. Is somebody dead? No. Missing? No. Bleeding profusely? Mentally bleeding, yes. I step deeper into the room, wrap myself up in an old afghan, and sit in a wicker chair that faces the bed. Help. At 55 years old, Benny still has the same fluffy, sandy brown hair he sported my entire life. It reaches just past his chin, wavy like it was permed for years, and at some point, decided to stay that way. 
I used to imagine he was a roadie for some aging 80s rock band or an adventurer who led rich tourists to their doom out in the bush. The reality, he's a Portland locksmith, is less exciting, but his jangle of turquoise bracelets and beaded necklaces at least lets me pretend. Right now, that hair is mostly a tangled halo of chaos around his head. With each of the 12 other bodies in this house, I've got deep history, but Benny is special. He's a college friend of my parents. All of the grown-ups in this house attended the University of Utah together, except Kyle, who married into the group. But Benny has always been more friend than parent figure. He's from Melbourne, even-tempered and open-minded. Benny is the eternal bachelor, the wise advisor, and the one person in my life I know I can count on to give me perspective when my own thoughts are swerving out of control. When I was a kid, I would save up my gossip until I saw him over the 4th of July weekend or Christmas break, and then unload everything the moment I had him to myself. Benny has a way of listening and giving the simplest, most judgment-free advice without lecturing. I'm just hoping his level head can save me now.